Welcome back to another edition of the BS Sports Podcast. Today we have a gigantic episode for you, reviewing all of the NCAA football games from week six. We're going to start off number one, number one going down, down goes Bama, down goes number one. I didn't see this coming. I don't know if anybody saw this coming. Texas A&M was rated high going into the season, but I legit thought they were just a pretender, especially after they lost to Arkansas. Bama goes down 38-41. to 38-41 to on a last-second field goal by Texas A&M. Mr. Seth Small hit a game-winning field goal. This was fantastic. A fantastic game. One of the best games of the entire weekend. Bryce Young, 28 for 48, 369 yards, three touchdowns, one interceptions. It, it, it wasn't his fault. Jamison Williams, 10 receptions, 146 yards, two touchdowns. Brian Robinson, 24 carries, 147 yards, no touchdowns. It wasn't Alabama's offense's fault they lost this game. It was 100% on Alabama's defense. They gave up 41 points. Zach Calzada got injured in the next-to-last drive of the game, came back in, had a huge play running, uh, deep ball pass interference against Alabama. He played – Zach Calzada played fantastically. 21 for 31, 285 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. I mean, this was this was a game at halftime. Bama was trailing, and I kept saying, eh, Bama's going to come back. It's Bama. Nick Saban's going to go into halftime. They're going to come back. They're going to win by like 14 or 10 or something. It's just what Bama does. Going into halftime, they were down two touchdowns. They were down 10 to, four, uh, 10 to 24. And they just never put it together on the defensive side of the ball. They never put it together. Uh, passing, Texas A&M ended with 285 yards, rushing 94. 379 yards. Texas A&M had 379 yards total offense. Alabama had 522 yards of total offense. It wasn't their offense's fault that they lost this game. It's solely on the defense. 100%. 100% on the defense. And Saban said going into halftime, they weren't protecting their gaps the defensive line was not hitting their gaps they were not filling their gaps and it didn't help in the second half whatever the speech was whatever the adjustments were at halftime it didn't help I I I was I was shocked I was shocked 41-38 Seth Smalls wins it huge game for Texas A&M first time ever Nick Saban has lost to a former assistant in Jimbo Fisher Um, nice little pick-me-up to Texas A&M season Nice little pick-me-up from Texas A&M season because, I, I, you know, they lost to Arkansas. They lost to Mississippi State back-to-back weeks. I thought they were going to kind of be an afterthought. And now Texas A&M, they're only one game out of first place in the Western Conference in the SEC. So everything to play for. Uh, if you're a, if you're an Alabama fan, one loss in the SEC, especially with their schedule and what they have to look for, as long as you can still make it to Atlanta and make it to the SEC championship game, no real big deal here. Everything Alabama wants to play for is still in front of them, in my opinion. They can still go on. Now, having said that, their defense is going to have to get better. Their defense is 100% going to have to get better. But everything to play for for Texas, I mean for uh, Alabama in the West, the SEC West is wide open now. Uh, number two team in the nation, who is going to be number one when this podcast comes out? When you're listening to this podcast, this team will be number one. Georgia Bulldogs, 34 to 10. The best, the best defense in the country. The best defense in the country. Stetson Bennett, 14 for 21, 231 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Zamir White carried the ball for 18 times for 79 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Georgia was in a game early, sort of. It was three to three after the first quarter, but then two touchdowns by Georgia in the second quarter, 17 to three at half. This was never a game, in my opinion, that I watched, and I thought, man, Georgia's in a dogfight. No pun intended, but 
this was never this was never a game uh, where I was watching it, and I just thought, oh man, this is Georgia. Georgia's getting really tough. Having said that, Auburn did put up 318 yards of total offense, 272 in the air. So, arguably, the worst defensive performance by Georgia all season long. But again, only one touchdown. They only allowed one touchdown. I think they've only allowed two offensive touchdowns the entire season. Georgia rolls. Georgia's gonna be number one when the polls come out today. Um, we'll check. We'll check at the end of the podcast to see if the polls have have came out. So far, I haven't seen them. I don't think they've came out. I don't think the AP has came out yet. Uh, next game, we got the the three versus four. This was a fantastic game. Penn State versus Iowa. Penn State goes into Iowa. Iowa beats them 23 to 20. But I have to tell you, Penn State was in control of this game until the fourth quarter. Well, until about the second half. Sean Clifford was playing decent. Decent enough to have Penn State in the lead. They were up 17 to 10 at halftime. And I really thought Penn State was going to carry on. Sean Clifford got knocked out of the game, and it just turned Penn State's game plan on top of itself. Taquan Robertson, Roberson, they came in for the injured Sean Clifford. 7 for 21, 34 yards, two interceptions. I don't know if that's just a bad backup or if this Iowa Hawkeyes defense is this good. I mean, Iowa's been doing it week in and week out, not against great opponents, but you know, they've 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 beaten and they've performed against who they've gone up against. Spencer Pietrice for Iowa. This kid is not good. This quarterback is not good, guys. 17 for 31, 195 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. This quarterback hits his first read on every single drop back. I mean, every single drop back he takes, he doesn't go through progressions. He drops back, boom, first read. He drops back, boom, first read. And some of the plays that he runs, it's not even like he's looking at his first read. He's coming back and just chunking it where he thinks his first read is going to be almost every single play. And, man, that's not going to work. You're not going to be able to do that against some of the upper echelon defenses in the NCAA. It might work against Penn State. It might work against, you know, some of the other teams you play. But when you play Alabama, when you play Georgia, maybe Ohio State, that's not going to work. <laughs> it's just not. It's just not. Penn State shouldn't drop that far. Penn State loses by three on the road with a backup quarterback in a very, very close game. They're four now. I, they should not drop out of the top ten. They should be eight, somewhere around there. They should, they should remain in the top ten. Two of the top 10 teams, actually three, three of the top team, three of the top 10 teams lost this weekend. Only one of them should drop out of the top 10. Alabama should not drop out of the top 10. Absolutely not. Penn State shouldn't either. On the road, in Iowa, backup quarterback. Penn State was really controlling this game going into halftime. There's no reason they should drop out of the top 10, in my opinion. Next game, we got another just, just slobber knocker. Defense is dead outside of the Big Ten. Defense is dead. Oklahoma, number six Oklahoma Sooners versus the number 21 Texas Longhorns. Man, Texas jumped out to a huge lead in the first quarter, 28-7. to Texas scored 28 points on Oklahoma in the first quarter. It was 38-20 to going into halftime. I was sitting there watching the game like, oh, man, Texas has got this. I told you guys. I told y'all. I told y'all Oklahoma was a pretender. They're not a real team. They're not legit. Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, those are the three teams I gave you at the beginning of the season that were not legit contenders. They weren't good teams. They were pretenders. They were my pretender. Texas, what are you doing in the fourth quarter here, guys? What are you doing? 
25 points allowed in the fourth quarter by Texas defense. Spencer Rattler for Oklahoma gets benched. This is, I think this is the second year in a row Spencer Rattler has been benched in the Red River shootout. I believe he was benched last year in the Red River shootout. Spencer Rattler goes 8 for 15, 111 yards and one interception. Just didn't look good. He just didn't look – and I'm pretty sure he was the Heisman front runner. I think the odds for him for Heisman going into the season were, were in his favor. Caleb Williams comes in as the backup role, 16 for 25, 212 yards, two touchdowns. Kennedy Brooks for Oklahoma just runs all over Texas's defense. 25 carries, 217 yards, two touchdowns. Marvin Mims, wide receiver for Oklahoma, five receptions, 136 yards, two touchdowns. Casey Thompson, though, the quarterback for Texas, looked phenomenal. Once again, this is not a loss that was on the offense. 100% a loss that was on the defense. Casey Thompson, Texas quarterback, 20 for 34, 388 yards, five touchdowns. Bijan Robinson, guys, if you don't have, if you're a betting person and you don't have a bet down for the Heisman, go ahead and put a long shot bet down on Bijan Robinson, running back for Texas. 20 carries, 137 yards, one touchdown, looked fantastic. Xavier Worthy, wide receiver for Texas, nine receptions, 261 yards, two touchdowns. This was the most Big 12 game ever. Just offense, offense, offense. It's, it's what the Big 12 has turned into in the past 10 years. And it was a blast. It was fun. I wanted Texas to win. I didn't have a dog in the fight. It was just a fun. There were so many fun games this weekend. This weekend was what I thought last weekend was going to be. This weekend was full of just close, great games. Speaking of another close, great game. These two teams might be the most even teams that played all weekend. Arkansas Razorbacks, the number 13 Arkansas Razorbacks, 51. Old Miss Running Rebs, 52. Arkansas goes for too late, which was the correct decision, and they just didn't get it. K.J. Jefferson just didn't deliver a catchable ball. Having said that, K.J. Jefferson, once again, electric. 25 for 35, 326 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, gets 85 yards on the ground, another three touchdowns. K.J. Jefferson had over 400 all-purpose yards and six touchdowns, six touchdowns. Looked amazing. Did have one interception. Like I said, the two-point conversion, he just didn't throw a catchable ball. He just didn't give his wide receiver a chance. It was the right call at the end of the game. Matt Corral. 14 for 21, 287 yards, two touchdowns. Ole Miss had two running backs, almost three people, but two running backs go over the century mark. Henry Parrish Jr., 111 yards on 18 carries. Snoop Connor, 110 yards on 12 carries, adding in three touchdowns. Matt Corral, Matt Corral had 94 yards on 15 carries and two rushing touchdowns. Ole Miss almost had three people, two running backs, one quarterback, go over the century mark for rushing. They had 324 rushing yards. Arkansas had 350 rushing yards. What era are we living in? This is like some bizarro world era where there's no defenses, but we rushed for almost a combined 700 yards. Like, what is what is this? You know, when you don't have defense, it's usually high passing numbers. And both quarterbacks, 326 passing yards for K.J. Jefferson, 287 passing yards for Matt Corral. I mean, both of them didn't have monster games. Big games, big games, but not monster games. Both teams went over 300, uh, 300 yards rushing. That's crazy. That doesn't happen in today's day and age. Amazing game, though. If you didn't have a dog in the fight, amazing game. Fun to watch. Uh, like I said, Arkansas goes for two at the end of the game. It's the right call. They don't convert. It is what it is. You keep fighting. You know, Arkansas or Old Miss, they might be 
the two best teams, uh, the the third, the second third best teams in the West. We'll see. We'll see what Texas A&M does. I don't know. Coastal Carolina plays on Thursday night. Rolls Arkansas State Red Wolves 52 to 20. Uh, Grayson McCall 18 for 23, 365 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Shamari Jones, 10 carries, 113 yards, one touchdown. Bryce Carpenter, five carries, 82 yards, one touchdown. Isaiah Likely, this kid, <laughs> we were watching the game, and my wife, you know, uh, Grayson McCall threw a pass, and uh, she said, I think I think Likely is going to catch it. I said, yeah, you're, that's, that's very likely. It's very likely. Eight receptions, 232 yards, four touchdowns for the chance. 6-0, and oh, they keep rolling, man. You keep setting them up, and they keep rolling. Coastal Carolina. Stays perfect. Cincinnati Bearcats also stays perfect. They destroy the Temple Owls. 52-3. Cincinnati's 5-0. Desmond Ritter, 22 for 30. 259 yards, three touchdowns. Jerome Ford, 15 carries, 149 yards, two touchdowns. Alec Pierce, six receptions, 93 yards, one touchdown. Cincinnati had four rushing touchdowns in the day. They just roll. They roll. I mean, we knew it was going to happen. They played on Friday night, which sucks. I don't Why are we having top 10 teams not play on Saturday? Why are we doing this? This is so stupid. Thursday nights for NFL. Friday night is for high school football. Saturday's for college. Stop flexing top 10 teams or hell, even top 25 teams. Stop flexing them into non-Saturday games. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. You know? It's absolutely ridiculous. If some FCS team wants to play on Thursday or Friday nights, let them. That's fine with me. These big colleges, why is Coastal Carolina a top 25 team? Why are they playing on Thursday night? Why are the Cincinnati Bearcats? Number five. Number five. They might move up into a college football playoff position when the AP poll comes out this year playing on Friday night. That's ridiculous. It's, it's stupid. We got to do better. Next game, Stanford. Stanford, Arizona State. I didn't watch a damn bit of this game because it's the Pac-10. Who the hell cares? It was probably on at 3 a.m. in the morning. Arizona State, they win. Go 5-1. and Jaden Daniels, 14 for 23, 175 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Rashad White, 13 carries, 96 yards, one touchdown. Jaden Daniels, quarterback, 13 carries, 76 yards, one touchdown. I don't know. Who the hell cares? It's the Pac-10. I, I, I told you this before, the Pac-10... And the ACC are pointless this year. Nobody's getting in. Nobody's getting in. Speaking of a pointless game that was over before the start, Ohio State, man, they are hitting their stride. They are hitting their stride. 66-17, C.J. Stroud looked so comfortable in the pocket. It's the most comfortable I've ever seen him in the pocket. As you all know, I'm a big Buckeye fan. I'm going to try to not be a homer here. Um, Ohio State looks great. Ohio State looks great. And after watching Penn State in Iowa and, and watching Michigan and Nebraska, which we'll talk about next, Ohio State has got it fixed. They have got it fixed. They've got the defense fixed. And the little bit of offense that needed correcting, it's it's there. It's there, and they look fantastic. They look fantastic. C.J. Stroud, 24 for 33, 406 yards, five touchdowns. Travion Henderson, who was the first ever, I believe, true freshman to be in the Maxwell running 16 carries, 102 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Ohio State had two kids go over the century mark. Chase Olave, uh, Chris, Chase, Chris Olave, seven receptions, 120 yards, two touchdowns. I love that they're getting the ball to him. He's too good not to have touches. Jackson Smith and Jigba, five receptions, 103 yards, no touchdowns. Garrett Wilson, five receptions, 84 yards, two touchdowns. Ohio State has so many freaking weapons. It is insane. 
Chris Olave, Jackson Smith and Jigby, Garrett Wilson, Emeka Ugbuka, Jeremy Rucker, Cade Stover. That's just the wide receivers. Travion Henderson, Master Teague, Marcus Crowley. I mean, they are they are stacked on offense. And and we'll talk about them going forward. We'll see what they're going to do. But it, it's it, they're looking like the best team in the Big Ten right now. And they're looking like they can compete for a playoff position. Next game we got, the aforementioned, Michigan versus Nebraska. This was a great game. This was a fantastic game. Nebraska came in and scored 22 points at a halftime. Nebraska was down 13 to nothing going into half. Came out, scored 22 points, took the lead. This was a fantastic back and forth, close, exciting game. Normal Big Ten game, 32 to 29. A lot of rushing. These were two rushing teams that led the Big Ten coming into this game. Nebraska and Michigan. Uh, Cade McNamara, 22 for 38, 255 yards, one touchdown. Hassan Haskins, 21 carries, 123 yards, two touchdowns. Um, on the Nebraska side, Adrian Martinez, who threw just just a, a horrible, horrible fourth quarter interception. Adrian Martinez, 18 for 22 or 28, 291 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Ramir Johnson, 17 carries, 67 yards. Nebraska had 140 yards rushing they couldn't really get anything going on the ground in the first half so they kind of resorted to throwing the ball around a lot which is not really their mo 291 uh passing yards for nebraska which is above their way above their season average they're they're a big rushing team but this was a close game and i, I really thought that michigan was in trouble here and and scott frost walking i mean you you looked at jim harbaugh and you thought he just won the Big Ten Championship, which is obviously never going to happen, as, as excited as he was in Nebraska, man, Scott Frost just looked defeated. I mean, just looked defeated. It was, it it, it was it was sad to see, uh, but I, you know, it's it's Nebraska. They're just Scott Frost isn't the answer there, guys. Scott Frost isn't the answer there. Michigan wins. They stay perfect, six and zero. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what the rest of their schedule is going to look like on the preview for next week. It's getting interesting, the Big Ten. Uh, next one, we have the third uh, top ten team that got defeated this weekend. BYU, Boise State Broncos, 26. BYU Cougars, 17. Uh, who cares? I mean, Jaron Hall for BYU, 302 yards, 22 for 37, one touchdown, one interception. Did anybody, did anybody know BYU was in the top ten? Because I didn't. I sure as hell didn't know BYU. I saw this on the ESPN score alert, and it was like, another top 10 team loses BYU. I was like, ah, they must have that wrong. There's no way BYU is in the top 10. They lose. They're no longer perfect. 5-1. and one. So we can erase them from uh, from our memory. Another undefeated Big Ten team, Michigan State Spartans. Sparty stays perfect. Number 11, Sparty, 31. Rucker Scarlet Knights, 13. Peyton Thorne, 16 for 27, 340 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Kenneth Walker III for Michigan State is a dude. 29 carries, 232 yards, and one touchdown. He ran all over Rutgers' defense. All over. This guy is a dude. 232 yards this week, 126 yards last week, 172 yards against Miami. This kid is good. This kid's good. And, and Michigan State, Sparty, they're going to go as far as Kenneth Walker takes them. They're going to go as far as Kenneth Walker takes them. It's, it's going to get harder. Michigan State's undefeated. The Big Ten is competitive this year, guys. I don't know if they're going to be competitive on the national landscape, but they're competitive right now. This is the best the Big Ten has been in a long time. Next, talking about pretenders, Notre Dame, Fighting Irish, 32. Virginia Tech Hokies, 29. 29. Uh, man, Jack, how did Jack Cohn win a starting position at any college. The guy sucks. 
The kid is terrible. Jack Cohn, 9 for 12, 108 yards, one touchdown. He got pulled for Tyler Buckner, 6 for 14, 113, one touchdown, two interceptions. How? Why can Notre Dame not recruit? How, how can they not recruit a decent quarterback? I mean, it's just awful. Jack Cohn, they didn't even recruit Jack Cohn. He transferred over from Wisconsin. I just, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand how Notre Dame can be this bad. Braxton Burmeister for Virginia Tech, 15 for 30, 184 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. Neither one of these teams really even matter uh, because they're not going to be in the landscape. They're not going to be in the college football landscape. Virginia Tech fumbles to end the game. Chance to get to tie it up. Fumbles into the game. Notre Dame wins. Only one loss. Notre Dame's not going to get into the college playoffs with one loss, though, guys. Another undefeated team. They got a big game coming up next weekend. LSU Tigers 21, Kentucky Wildcats 42. The 6-0, 16th ranked Kentucky Wildcats. Will Levis, 14 for 17, 145 yards and three touchdowns for the Wildcats. Wildcats had two kids go over the century mark. Chris Rodriguez, 147 yards rushing on 16 carries, one touchdown. Cavose Smoke, I probably butchered that name, 104 yards on 12 carries, no touchdowns. Will Levis, two rushing touchdowns, 75 yards rushing on 11 carries. Don't look now, guys. Don't look now. Kentucky, undefeated, 6-0. You know who they're playing next week? I'll let you know when we go to the preview. <laughs> A good game, Kentucky rolls. I don't know what's going on on the Baton Rouge. I don't know what they're going to do with Coach O. I love Coach O. I think he has a great coaching philosophy. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a decent coach. But this season for LSU, it ain't it, man. It ain't it. After losing Joe Burrow and about 45 other first-round picks in the NFL the past couple of years, whoo, Coach O's got an uphill batter down there in Baton Rouge. Wake Forest, Demon Deacons, 40. Syracuse, Orange, 37. Wake Forest is undefeated. Huh. That's surprising. I didn't know that. Uh, we'll call this the who the hell cares .com bowl. Sam Hartman, 19 for 32, 330 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Who the hell cares? It's the ACC. They are out of the college football playoff landscape. Wake Forest stays perfect. doesn't matter. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, zero. Florida, 42. Man, I feel bad for Vanderbilt. I feel bad. I saw, I watched the first quarter of this game and Florida only scored 14. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I think Georgia had 165 points on Vanderbilt by the end of the first quarter. And then they turned it up. And then Florida turned it up. They only scored one touchdown in the second quarter. They came out the third quarter and just shut it down. They just shut Vanderbilt down. They went up 42 nothing going into the fourth, put in some backups. Emory Jones, 14 for 22, 273 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Not a lot of rushing. 181 yards rushing by Florida, but spread evenly throughout a ton of kids. When you play, when you play Vandy, you just pump a bunch of kids in. Pump a bunch of kids in. Vanderbilt Commodores, man, I, God, I feel bad. It's a baseball school. It's a baseball school, guys. SMU stays perfect. The SMU Mustangs, number 24 in the country, 6-0. They beat the Navy Midshipmen, who are having a horrendous year this year, 1-4. SMU wins 31-24. Navy only has 177 yards rushing, which is not great by their standards. Tanner Mordecai, 30 for 40, 324 yards, two touchdowns, one interception for the SMU Mustangs. They stay perfect. They keep rolling, 6-0. Uh, the last of the ranked matches for week six, S- uh, I'm sorry, not SMU, 
New Mexico Lobos versus the undefeated San Diego State Aztecs. San Diego State stays perfect, wins 31-7. Jordan Brookshire, 11 for 24, 130 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions for the Aztecs. Greg Bell really carries the Bell Cal for this game. 21 carries, 111 yards, one touchdown. Jordan Brookshire did have two rushing touchdowns, so San Diego State stays perfect. All right, guys, that's it for the rundown, for the recap, for the look behind. Now, let's go ahead and look ahead. Let's look forward. Let's see what's going on. First game we got, we got two Friday night games. What the hell are we doing, guys? We got to do better. We got to do better. Friday nights are for high school football. We've got to do better. This is really because California versus Oregon in Eugene. Oregon has lost C.J. Verdell for the season. Huge loss. That kid is a monster, and I feel awful. That's two opponents that Ohio State has faced so far this year that have lost their main running backs. C.J. Verdell for Oregon and uh, Mahim Ibrahim for Minnesota. I, I hate that. I loved watching, even though C.J. Verdell was running all over Ohio State, I really like to watch him operate. That kid is good. Kid is talented. Uh, going into Oregon, Cal's terrible. They're 1-4. Oregon wins this. Uh, they don't have the spreads up yet, so I'm not really sure what that is. Or Anyway, Oregon. 10:30 game on CBS Sports Network Friday night. San Jose, uh, San Diego State travels to San Jose State. San o I don't know. San Diego State, I guess they're 5-0. and I don't even know who San, San Jose State has. Give me San Diego State, I guess, on the road. They stay perfect. All right. Now let's get into our Saturday slate of games. 3.30 kickoff in Sanford Stadium, Athens, Kentucky. The Wild Kittens take on the Daunted. Probably number one when this when these polls are released. Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia rolls. It's a nice story that UK 6-0 undefeated in the SEC. Georgia's not losing to Kentucky, and they sure as hell aren't losing to Kentucky in Sanford Stadium. I don't know what the over-under here is going to be. I am going to guess it's going to be Georgia by about 11.5. Take Georgia. Take Georgia. Next game, UCF travels up to Cincinnati, Ohio to take on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Undefeated. They remain undefeated. Desmond Ritter leads them to victory. They're not dropping a game to UCF in Cincinnati. No way. They stay undefeated. They keep rolling. Next game, noon kickoff. Michigan State travels to Bloomington, Indiana. They're facing, man, I don't know what's going on with Michael Penix in Indiana. I thought he was going to be way better than this when the season started, and he is not. Indiana is a dumpster fire right now. Michigan State continues. Kenneth, they, they run behind Kenneth Walker. He has another game where he goes over the century mark, probably two touchdowns. Michigan State rolls in Bloomington. Oklahoma State travels to Austin, Texas to take on Texas. Oklahoma State's undefeated right now. Give me Texas. Give me Texas. Give me Casey Thompson. And this Texas offense, I think they have figured something out against Oklahoma. I think they beat Oklahoma State coming in, coming into Austin. Give me Texas. Give me Texas there. Auburn, Auburn versus Arkansas. Auburn coming off, you know, a game they thought they were going to compete in. Arkansas coming off kind of a disappointing, not a disappointing loss, but any loss is disappointing. Loss on a two-point conversion against Ole Miss. Both 4-2. and two. Give me Arkansas and Fayetteville. Give me Arkansas and Fable. Really, Arkansas, Old Miss, and Auburn are kind of battling for who's going to be that second-best team in the West right now. Who's going to be that second-best team in the West? And with the Texas A&M victory over Alabama, honestly, the West is wide open. you got to scratch and claw your way through this schedule and get as many wins as you can. Give me Arkansas at home. K.J. Jefferson. Hey, it's six touchdowns. Six touchdowns against Old Miss. I don't know if he has that many. Six total touchdowns against Old Miss. I don't know if he has that many against Auburn. Give me Arkansas at home. Give me Arkansas at home. Florida travels to Baton Rouge. I'm not a huge Florida advocate this year. I really don't think they're going to compete 
in the SEC East right now from what I've seen with them uh, past the you know first six weeks. But they're going to go to Baton Rouge and going to beat LSU. LSU's terrible. Like I said in, in the rundown and the look behind, what's Coach O doing? What's going on down there? Florida goes into Baton Rouge and rolls. Purdue travels to Iowa City. There is no letdown game here for Iowa. No letdown game here for Iowa. Purdue travels to Iowa. Purdue has not looked good this year. Iowa wins at home. They keep rolling. They stay perfect. 7-0. They might, Iowa might be number two when these polls come out, when these AP polls come out. They should be coming out any, 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 any second now. Iowa's going to be number two, guys. Iowa. The Iowa Hawkeyes. That's nuts. BYU, 3.30 kick in Waco, Texas, travels to Baylor, both 5-1. and one. I don't – give me Baylor, I guess. I guess give me Baylor. I don't know. Is Baylor good? Is BYU good? Did anybody know BYU was in the top ten? I didn't. 7 o'clock kick, Alabama travels to Starkville, Mississippi, to play Mississippi State, a team that beat Texas A&M. What did Texas A&M just do last week? They beat Alabama. There's no way in hell Alabama loses this game. This is going to be one of the worst weeks of practice the Alabama team has had in probably five years of football. Nick Saban is going to run their ass to the ground and get this fixed immediately. Immediately. Just like Ohio State did at the beginning of the season when they lost to Oregon, Alabama is going to do it this week. They destroy Michigan State. Whatever the overall, I don't care if Alabama is favored by 35, take the over. Take the over. It's going to be like a 52-3 to game. Alabama wins this. TCU goes into Norman, Oklahoma. Takes on probably the number four ranked Oklahoma Sooners. We'll see what happens when the AP poll comes out. Oklahoma wins this. TCU doesn't really have a pulse anymore. They haven't had a pulse since Ohio State beat them on national television about three or four years ago. Just not the team that they used to be. Oklahoma Oklahoma takes it. They stay undefeated. Go to 7-0. and Leading the Big 12. As much as I think they're a pretender. Who starts for Oklahoma in this game? Who starts for Oklahoma in this game? That's going to be interesting to see if Spencer Rattler is the starter, starting quarterback when he comes out. be very interesting. Old Miss. 4-1 Old Miss. Travels to Knoxville, Tennessee. Tennessee had a good win this past weekend. Tennessee had a very good win against, uh, against uh, South Carolina. 45-20. to Tennessee can score some points, guys. They scored 38, 34, 56, 14 against Florida, only clunker they've had, 62 against Mizzou, 45 against South Carolina. In Knoxville, give me Tennessee. Give me Tennessee in a surprise upset here. I think Tennessee is going to be in the top 25 when they rank this week. Ole Miss is going to move up from 17, probably somewhere around 13. Give me Tennessee. Give me Tennessee at home in Knoxville. Tennessee. NC State travels to Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts to take on Boston College. Both teams 4-1. Uh, Boston College? I guess, it's the ACC. It's ACC. Boston College, I guess? Who cares? Who cares? Next Who Cares game, last Who Cares game of the week, Arizona State travels to Salt Lake City, Utah to take on a 3-2 Utah team. Oh, man. I don't know. I guess Arizona State. I guess Arizona State. Oh, Jesus, who who cares? It's the the the, the top teams. It's just so even right now in the SEC and the Big Ten, especially with that loss for Alabama. I mean, I really thought Georgia and Alabama were were two teams that were just spreading 
the gap in between them and the rest of the rest of the Big Ten. Or I'm sorry, the rest of the college football. With that loss, Alabama's brought back down to reality. We have got great football coming up the rest of the year, guys. Great football. And I I, I can't wait. Especially the the Georgia. They got undefeated Kentucky this week. The week after that, Florida. Now Missouri should be easy. But they then they go to Neyland Stadium in Tennessee. Saturday, November 13th. Tennessee can score, man. Tennessee can score. I know Georgia's defense is one of the best in the nations, but they can score. Tennessee can score. That might be the biggest challenge that uh, that Georgia's defense has faced all year, that Georgia's t- defense has faced all year. It, it, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Ohio State, another team. Are they vying for college football playoff position? Have, has it really been fixed? Go to Indiana. Then they have Penn State. They have them at home, number four Penn State. Probably be number seven when we play them. Then they go to Nebraska. That should be a meltdown. They play Purdue at home. And then they finish right now with two undefeated teams in Michigan State and Michigan. Michigan State at home, Michigan on the road. Is Michigan going to be undefeated when Ohio State plays them? Is Michigan State going to be undefeated when Ohio State plays them? I mean, Michigan State goes. Our, Michigan State has Michigan at home next week, the 30th, and Michigan State ends up at Ohio State on November 20th, and then at home versus Penn State. Michigan State has everything to play for right now. They're six and zero, and they play three teams inside the top ten the rest of the season. Michigan State has everything to play for. Michigan's the same. Michigan's the exact same. They go to Michigan State on the 30th. And then they go to Penn State on the 13th, and then they get Ohio State at home. Somebody's going to come out of this Big Ten undefeated. I don't know who it's going to be. Are we going to have an undefeated East versus an undefeated West in the Big Ten championship game? If that's going to happen, Ohio State's not going to be in it. I mean, you have Michigan State and Michigan still undefeated in the Big Ten. Ohio State's undefeated in the Big Ten, but they haven't lost. They haven't lost to Oregon. Man, the Big Ten, it's just so close. It's just such a close race right now. So is the West. So is the SEC West. Alabama has Mississippi State. There's no reason to think they're not going to roll. But then the 23rd, they play Tennessee. They're at home. Bama's at home. They play Tennessee at home on the 23rd. I've, Tennessee's offense is great. They are a great offense. Bama's defense is doo-doo. Bama's defense is doo-doo. Bama wraps up the season on the 20th against Arkansas at home and on the 27th at Auburn. Is Auburn – what's Auburn going to be when Alabama plays them on the 27th? Is that is that going to be a loss to Penn State and UGA and Auburn wins out and plays Alabama? Is, that, is, that, is Bama going to have two losses, three losses this year? What's What can Arkansas do against them? What can K.J. Jefferson do against a Bama defense that doesn't look great? Uh, man. This is one of the best NCAA football seasons we've had in years, and I am stoked for it. Thanks for sticking around, guys. I'll be back again next week, breaking down all the action, talking about all the stuff. Thanks for spending 30 minutes with me, just dicking around and having fun. See you guys next week.